The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value, and so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and wonderful to be back with you again this week. And I'm delighted to uh, say thank you to uh, my guest last week, Stephanie Winters. I loved interviewing Stephanie. I've done some special interviews over the years, and that interview was right up there. Having Stephanie play cello in the introduction and and out of the show as well, um, being an elite cellist and discussing with her listening in great depth was a really, really powerful session for me personally and I know from some of the feedback uh, from people for them as well. So a huge thank you for for that, uh, Stephanie. Um, I'm also um, delighted today, I'm really excited to have Phil Calvert on the show because we're going to talk about how to win new customers with LinkedIn and social media, uh, proven techniques for sales and success. And I know Phil's got a lot to say I have spent the day with Phil. It was absolutely fantastic. We were talking about LinkedIn and Facebook. He was teaching a number of us fellows at the Professional Speaking Association. So I'm keen to get straight onto the show today and give him plenty of time to share all of his uh, knowledge and wisdom. So have you ever considered whether social media is simply a fun distraction or a serious business tool that can really skyrocket your business? Now, Phil Calvert is a social selling expert and the founder of a thriving niche social networking site. And today he's going to reveal to to us some of the little-known secrets to winning new customers through LinkedIn and social media. He is the founder of uh, this award-winning niche social networking site. He's a really um, uh, in-demand expert in social media, and at conferences and events worldwide, we've just been chatting about uh, engagements he's going to be doing all over the world over the next few months. He is a really recognized expert on LinkedIn, and he sees it as a powerful sales, marketing, and communication tool. And many of his clients uh, have um, really seen enormous uh, value and seen new customers from the very first time that they used his online networking techniques that he teaches. And as I mentioned, um, I've seen him live. I thought he was uh, absolutely fantastic. I know today he's going to bring lots and lots of value. I'd strongly recommend, though, that you listen to this with a notebook because uh, you will regret it if you don't. So a huge welcome to Phil Calvert. Hi, Chris. How are you today? Uh, absolutely brilliant, thank you. Um, I was explaining just before we came on that I've had root canal treatment uh, in the last uh, three hours, so uh, yeah. if I sound a bit muffled at all, uh, I'm feeling good, but um, I'm still um, coming out of the numbness. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I'm incredibly impressed, root canal treatment, and then straight onto the radio. That's, uh, that's pretty impressive. It wasn't quite as painful as spending two hours with Apple trying to get rid of some malware that had attached itself to my my website as well, my, my um, Apple Mac. So, uh, oh dear. I, I, I always think uh, I always wonder, Phil, why people spend their time. 
doing things like that and doing th- sort of elevating them, their businesses through negative means rather when there's so much opportunity to do things positively and you know yeah. social media and the work you do can really help people with a positive uh, cause great thank you but i want to just um, start and and ask you something i know you've got some passions which i think would be great just to share at the beginning i know one of them is kickboxing and one of them like um, myself is the love of loud guitars you know tell us a little bit about that and uh, why why you like uh, kickboxing and loud guitars well, the, the kickboxing thing started a few years ago. It must have been six years ago now. Uh, my then 10-year-old son was uh, not particularly enjoying his Saturday morning football. Turns out he wasn't a particularly good team player. And uh, we were walking down Guildford High Street in Surrey in the UK, and uh, we saw these two guys going through a kickboxing sort of kung fu routine, and his eyes just popped out on stalks. <laughs> and Because uh, when they'd done their demonstration, they went into... Uh, uh, sales mode. It was quite interesting. There was a there was a sales spiel for the parent, and there was a sales spiel for the kids. And the the kids' sales spiel was, you know, you'll be super cool. Uh, you'll be have all these great new skills. Uh, you can enter competitions. You can uh, go up the gradings and get belts. And the sales line for me was, you know, for your children, they'll learn about discipline, self respect, respect for adults. Uh, they'll get fit. And we kind of fell for this hook, like and hook, line, and sinker. Uh, and and uh, so I then started taking him to kickboxing for uh, the next year, three times a week for a year. Uh, and after 12 months, I became a very good armchair kickboxing expert. <laughs> and it was a year afterwards that the, the then uh, owner of the club said, come on, uh, Phil, you've been watching for long enough. Come and have a go yourself. And I kind of knew this moment was was coming. Uh, the first session was just an absolute killer. In fact, every session is an absolute killer. But slowly but surely, you really start to get into it. You pick up the skills. Your fitness level goes up many, many notches. And um, the sales line for the kids about getting belts really got me as well. You know, I do like to get a badge now and again. <laughs> uh, and I got uh, halfway to... Um, black belt in um, freestyle kickboxing uh, and then one particular day they, they started saying would you like to try doing some yoga they were doing yoga for martial artists uh, and I instantly fell in love with that as well it was a, it was a better type of pain uh, from kickboxing <laughs> uh, so I'd kind of dropped kickboxing for, for a year um, but uh, I've really started to get interested in it again now and uh, really quite enjoy it as far as guitars are concerned, you know, I've always really enjoyed uh, rock music, particularly uh, heavy metal. And in my teens, I did a lot of photography. We've got uh, quite a few photographers in our family. And I used to go into London to the to the big theatres in London, the Hammersmith Odeon, as it was at the time. And I used to get, I used to, I don't know, I can't remember how I did it, but I used to wangle press passes for uh, Motorhead, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, ZZ Top. Uh, all the big bands at the time, and uh, I used to take a lot of photos. Now, way back then, there was no such thing as social media, so the, these photos were really just for my my own enjoyment to look at. Uh, but now, through Twitter and Facebook, I can I can see people taking photos in real time uh, at concerts all around the world, and what with live streaming, we can we can watch it all as well. Uh, so I've got a guitar, and I kind of thrash at it. Uh, but I suspect I'm nowhere near the quality of your cellist last week. <laughs> 
It's a little bit more sedate at times. Yes, yes, I can imagine. <laughs> oh, that's, that sounds amazing. I remember those days it was quite difficult to take a camera into an event. So yeah, they were really... Uh, if, you, if you took a, an SLR camera in at the time, they it was usually taken off you. Um, and uh, so I was taking photos on a little pocket thing, almost an Instamatic, I think they called it at the time. And we were using film as well. Um, but I, I somehow worked out how to get a press pass for a lot of these things. So I was down there in the photographer's pit, and I, I was really pleased. I've got uh, some of my pictures are, are online um, on Facebook somewhere, so um, people can have a look at them. Yeah, excellent. And where did this interest in LinkedIn and sort of social media and those sorts of things come from? Well, I, uh, my career, you know, uh, I went straight from school into the world of work and uh, for some bizarre reason, I found myself doing pension scheme administration. Uh, well, I've, I found myself doing that for two weeks until the uh, uh, my manager at the time said, we think you'd be better off doing sales. Uh, and I went out on the road working for a big insurance company. And to cut a long story short, I did something like uh, 25 years in financial services working for companies like uh, Zurich, big, big company globally. Uh, it was eventually made redundant. And I decided I'd, I'd had enough of the corporate world and meeting after meeting uh, that didn't seem to go anywhere, and I wanted to really do my own thing. Um, and I went to a, a, an evening meeting of the Professional Speaking Association uh, just south of London, and the speaker that particular evening was was from a, a website called academy.com, so it's academy, but with an E on the front. And... Uh, it turns out this is what they called an online networking site. Uh, the word social media didn't really exist back then. Um, and uh, I just was just entranced with this. It uh, seemed to be something completely new, the idea that you could network with other people without actually meeting them. Now, I'm not saying not meeting people and seeing the whites of their eyes isn't a good thing. It is. Uh, but this was completely new to me. Um, Friends Reunited was around at the time, but, but it, at the time we didn't really call that social media. Again, it was just a fun site that you connect with with old old friends. But I very quickly realised that that such a, a website, this ability to network with other businesses and indeed potential customers, uh, was going to be very very powerful. Um, and as I just set myself up self-employed as a marketing consultant and I decided to focus on financial services and I suddenly realized my goodness I could use this to a connect with all the people I'd met before at least introduce them to the the concept of of social networking Um, but Academy had uh, a groups facility a bit like LinkedIn has groups facilities now so I set up a group for financial services professionals and it got to about 400 members pretty quickly and then a, uh, a couple of years later, we I, I met somebody who said, you know, if you want Google to buy your your idea for a hundred million dollars, and I've never forgotten that. They said you really need to build your own site. So we so we we built a site at ifalife.com, uh, still going strong today, and it is basically a niche social networking site for financial advisors. Uh, and I found very quickly that uh, if you are the founder of a social networking site, you get asked to speak on social media all over the place, uh, and particularly in regulated industries or industries that find social media quite hard going. Thanks. So you're just waiting for that call from Google then? Yeah, it hasn't come yet, strangely. But, uh, <laughs> we live in hope, but you know, the world doesn't necessarily revolve around Google. Um, and I realize these days that uh, all sorts of disruptive technology 
providers can be interested in the data you have and, and how it can be used. But but really, uh, if you have a social networking site, uh, it's it's about community. Uh, that's really where it's, that's where the real power of it is. Um, if you think how you communicate to your clients, Chris, you know, um, you sit in the middle and you you communicate with your clients either all at the same time, or you meet them face to face, or you speak to them at conferences or workshops that you put on, and then occasionally they contact you through the phone, through the internet, by email, whatever. But the bit that's missing uh, is clients communicating with each other. Very often, that's how a client becomes a client of yours because somebody has referred to you. And the great thing about social media is you can listen to your clients um, talking about what interests them. And you'll hear some really interesting things. You'll hear them saying things about your business that you'll be pleased about. You might hear a few ideas that they've given you about their business. It, It is amazing how many brands, customers are talking about brands, but the brands aren't listening. It's quite extraordinary. And if they were listening to their customers, um, then they might make changes. I saw some figure the other day that something like uh, 200 million complaints are out there on Twitter about brands, and those brand, and those complaints have gone unanswered. Wow. So it really, when we talk about social media um, and it's really about community more than more than anything else. And you know, a brand or any business person, if you if you look at your network of contacts, whether it's a group on LinkedIn or whether it's your followers on Twitter uh, or people who've liked your Facebook page, you've got yourself a community. In fact, all of us, everyone, every, in fact, every single person in the world has got their own social network in fact they've got several social networks their first one is their family Uh, their second social network is their network of friends if you're in business you have another social network and that's your clients Um, and it's great to be able to communicate with that network but do it online as well as do it offline also notice you going back to your interest in in rock music is a lot of bands and singers and stars you know they've got enormous communities haven't they you know well that's that's a really interesting thing you should say but i'm only talking about this with somebody yesterday if you look at say um a band like take that or the rolling stones or you you name pretty well any band you'll be they've got a lot of subscribers on say youtube but they've got nothing like the number of subscribers that some of the young YouTubers, people like Alfie and Zoe, Zoella have, and PewDiePie, who have subscribers in the millions. Mm. Uh, and you've got to ask the question, well, what is it that a, that a 22-year-old on YouTube is doing that, say, the Rolling Stones aren't doing? And I've kind of looked at this in, in some depth, and it supports my theory about community. When, say, the Rolling Stones put out a tweet or a post or a video on YouTube, what they're doing is they're communicating with the, with the broad mass of their fans. And they're doing it in a way that most of them, most of the time, will be pleased to see that video that they've put up. But what you get with the young YouTubers um, is they have much more of a sense of community and they they aim directly, they aim their material and their content at their peers, but they do something fundamentally differently. They 
occasionally mention people by name. They do mm. shout-outs. And that's the key. This is one of the things people don't get about uh, social media, uh, is there's a lot of push, push, push of content, but there's, there's not a whole lot of engagement. Yes. Um, and this is what the young YouTubers are extremely good at. And, you know, my own son, Ben, he's a, a YouTuber. He's learning his, his craft. He's only got subscribers in the – he's 13 now. He's got subscribers in the hundreds. But he understands the concept of uh, putting great content out there on a regular basis to his community, but doing regular shout-outs to individuals. <clears throat> and I remember – one afternoon, he came running downstairs from his room uh, when a particular big YouTuber had mentioned him by name. And this was just so exciting to him. And uh, it had made his day. Well, it made his life as far as I could, I could make out. But, you know, there are you do just occasionally find the occasional pop group or rock band uh, or, or rock star who gets it. And the one that really comes to mind is Taylor Swift. Now, she mm. does a huge amount of her uh, social media herself, but the difference between her and almost every other pop star out there on social media is that she mentions people by name from time to time. And to a fan, that's just got to be the best thing ever. Um, so brands can learn an awful lot about this. You know, you, you look at brands on social media, and if, in fact, if you look right now at the top 100 people on Twitter – uh, around the world or around or just the UK for sake of argument, you will see that that top list is utterly dominated by people. There is a few brands in there, um, but really brands aren't that good at interacting, engaging with people at a human level. But people are very, very good at that. And so I think there's a lesson to be learned from that. Yeah, ab absolutely. Um, ab absolutely. So we'll look out for young Ben Calvert then. Please do. He'd love it. <laughs> when uh, uh, on the, I think that's quite you know, a whole fascinating area. I mean, you certainly highlighted that to me when we spent the day together about how successful some of these vloggers are. And I, I remember only about a week or two later staying at a friend's uh, house over the weekend. And uh, my son... Uh, and myself, for some reason, I got the floor, slept in uh, in the daughter's bedroom. She was somewhere else, obviously. Um, and on the wall, there was no pictures of rock stars or rock bands, but the wall was just covered in uh, pictures of vloggers, of uh, yeah. Zoella and uh, these these, pe these uh, people that you mentioned there, um, Alfie and, and the likes. And I was just astonished. There's, there's a whole kind of world there that uh, some of us folks in our sort of 40s and 50s aren't aware of it is amazing and when you realize that some of these vloggers these youtubers they've got uh they've had views uh in the millions and one or two of them are touching uh, the billion or two mark um you begin to realize they're doing something that fundamentally can influence the future of broadcast media uh, when you realize that uh, kids, the 13 to 25-year-olds, they want to watch what they want to watch, when they want to watch it, where they want to watch it, and on whatever device they, they want to watch it on. They, want, they don't want to be looking at a, a schedule that uh, the radio or the TV Times has put out and be told, you must watch this on, on, at this particular time. Um, things are changing. Certainly. Well, on that note, we're going to have to go to commercial break now. But after the break, uh, we'll start to really get into uh, the likes in particular of LinkedIn, which uh, I think you'll find uh, you, you'll pick up some tremendous tips from Phil on how to utilize that really effectively. So we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. 
it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific. Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Phil Calver. And Phil, let's get straight into, into social media. What are the top line things today, the really big things that we must be aware of when it comes to social media? Okay, well, I think the first thing is is how we approach social media. Uh, when we talk to uh, people and say, oh, are you using social media? One of the first things that pops into their head is sales and marketing, when in actual fact, it need not be social media. And a lot of organizations struggle to see any kind of meaningful ROI from social as well. Uh, and But when they start to realize that social can actually become part of what you do, in other words, part of your proposition and not necessarily a marketing or sales function, then different things start to happen. Now, I do a lot of work in regulated industries, so financial services, law, accountancy, uh, that sort of thing. And they say to me, Phil, how should we be using social media? Should I be using YouTube? Should I be using this? Should I be using the other? Um, And, you know, and they say to me, oh, I see our competitors down the road. They're giving YouTube a go. Maybe we should. Uh, and so-and-so is using Twitter. Maybe we should give that a go. And someone else is using LinkedIn groups. Maybe we should give that a go. And I have to say to them straight away that give that a go is not a strategy. Mm-hmm. So really the first thing, uh, if we're going to have any hope uh, at all of doing well with social media, is to have a plan, is to have a strategy. But to start looking at, at social media, in other words, the communication of high-value content and materials as part of what you do. So if you're a financial advisor, maybe you give financial advice. But what you also do is you communicate your expertise in financial advice through the use of social media. So I think that's the first thing. Get a plan, get a strategy. Secondly, see it as part of your proposition. I think it's also worth looking at at what's actually happened to social media over the last few years. If you go back 
uh, in time. If you go back, uh, say, 10 years, we can see quite clearly the activity that we used to get up to most of all on the internet was search for stuff. We spent a huge amount of time on uh, Google and Bing and Yahoo. Uh, but slowly but surely, as the years went by, uh, we noticed that the number of visits to social networking sites started to catch up with the number of visits to search engines. And I think it was in about May 2010 when the visits to social networking sites overtook the number of visits to search engines. Now, when you think about it, the benefit of hindsight, that was just bound to happen. Mm. You know, if we're looking for information or we're looking for products or we're looking for services, wouldn't we rather ask somebody we know for their opinion? Um, you know, if you take sites like TripAdvisor, you know, I bet everybody listening to this has been influenced positively or negatively by a review of a hotel or a restaurant that they found online. Uh, you know, and maybe we wanted to go find a hotel to stay at in, in London. You know, we could go onto Google and we could find uh, a selection of hotels. We could look at their websites. And of course, th those websites are bound to say how nice the hotel is. But we actually need the opinion. So social networks Networking sites are starting to be viewed as search engines. LinkedIn is the people search engine. Um, but something interesting is also now starting to happen. So visits to social have overtaken visits to search. But what we're now starting to see is use of messaging apps overtaking the use of social media apps. So site, things like Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram messaging now are hugely popular. And in many ways, though, this is going full circle because I remember using MSN, and I'm sure uh, many of your listeners remember using the original messaging tool, MSN, and that's what it was. That was It was a messaging tool. And look what's happened. We've gone full circle. We're now using messaging tools. So for brands here, here's a really interesting challenge for them to finally, finally get personal with their content that they put out there because more and more consumers are using messaging apps and indeed social media to communicate with brands. I think we, uh, we do it mostly to communicate how we feel about a brand or to ask them a question. As I mentioned earlier, there are millions of unanswered complaints sitting on there, sitting out there on the likes of Twitter. Um, and in fact, it, uh, something really important for people to remember is that Google is now starting to show tweets in real time in many search results. Um, and if people are complaining about your brand on Twitter, I'm assuming that mm. you don't want those complaints <laughs> appearing in search results on Google. So this is going to force brands uh, to be really on top of communications with, with their customers. And also not to assume that if people want to communicate with you, they're going to do it on a form on your website or send an email to you. People will choose for themselves how they want to communicate with you. Um, I wanted to uh, buy a bottle of wine for a, a client uh, about a year ago, and we've got a small independent wine merchants just down the road from us here. And I knew they were on Twitter, so I figured if I sent them a tweet to ask them a question if they'd got a particular wine in, that they'd see it and they'd answer it. Well, they did see it and they did answer it, but this was eight hours later. Uh, in the meantime, I went to the superstore to buy it. So... 
I chose to tweet them. That's how I chose to communicate with them. And, you know, they missed a sale. And I'm sure one bottle of wine from me isn't going to spoil their, their sales figures, but they missed the sale as a result of it. So I think uh, we need to be hyper aware that messaging tools are really, really crucial. And we now have Facebook uh, saying that encouraging consumers to, uh, com- to communicate with brands through Facebook Messenger. Uh, so, you know, this is this is relatively new, but it's going to happen, and consumers will choose for themselves how they want to talk to brands. Um, I've already said that people are dominating uh, social media, and particularly Twitter. Um, I saw a really interesting thing today, an article uh, saying that uh, Bernie Eccleston is really pleased that uh, Heineken's going to be a big sponsor for Formula One. Uh, you know, they get, they're behind it, kind of going to bring a lot of money to the to the party. But I had a quick look at it uh, earlier, and I noticed that uh, this is great. Heineken have got uh, 100,000, uh, 150,000 followers, I think it was. Um, but when you think how many customers Heineken have, that tells me that a relatively small uh, p- proportion of them are actually following them on Twitter. And I looked at a lot of the tweets uh, that was going on, and you know, there were only you know, there were less than 10 retweets, and there were less than 10 hearts or likes for most posts. So, really, what I'm saying is that Bernie Eccleston's going to be really pleased with the money. Uh, and whilst the tone of the article was suggesting that uh, Heineken are really on top of their game when it comes to social media, but really, they're another brand. and you know, a lot of a lot of consumers don't really want to inter- interact and engage with brands online. So, it'll be interesting to see where, where that one goes. Mm. So, so, let's can we talk about LinkedIn in respect of um, people? You know, there are a lot of people on you in LinkedIn. There are a lot of uh, a lot of business people, but I'm not sure that yeah. everybody really actually understands why they're using it. Why? Yeah. Should they use it? That's a that's a really good point. I always ask every conference organ or uh, conference audience when I'm speaking, hands up if you if you're on LinkedIn, and almost everyone puts their hands up. Uh, and then I say, now put your hands up if you know why you're on LinkedIn, and it's literally a handful <laughs> of people. Um, so people, the perception about LinkedIn is that it's uh, a job site, uh, a fancy job site at that and indeed it is a job site and that's really what it used to be and yes you can find jobs and yes you can recruit people and LinkedIn have got some fancy recruitment tools but that's not the primary reason why people use LinkedIn the the primary reason people tend to use LinkedIn is for research purposes Um, one of the key things I'm really keen to say to people is that social media in business, it's not all about sales and marketing. It's as much about listening to your customers and learning what's interesting to them uh, as much as anything else. So, um, once you get away from the idea that, that your LinkedIn profile is, is a glorified CV, and the proof of the pudding that people view it as a glorified CV is the language they use on it. And there are certain words <laughs> that you see people using time and time again on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm a motivated individual. I have exceptional uh, communication skills. You know, all this really good stuff that you expect to see. But these are the words that people use on CVs. And people look like lookalikes on LinkedIn. They don't differentiate themselves at a human level. I was always 
uh, I always understood when I was in, in, in sales, the good old-fashioned concept that people buy people. They always have done and they always will done, will do. And when, you, when people begin to realize that, then magic starts to happen uh, on, on LinkedIn. So that's the first thing to, to, get, to get right. The second thing really is you just got to nail your, your profile on, on LinkedIn. And most people really haven't. They, they do things that... Uh, just putting people off straight away. So huge numbers of people don't have a photo. Uh, I go so far as say if you haven't got a photo and a photo that is professional and friendly and makes you look trustworthy, you might as well not bother. A lot of people, when they are setting up their profiles on LinkedIn, they go out of their way to look confident and competent. And you can understand why people will do that. They try to look confident and competent. But as human beings, at a gut human level, when we meet someone for the first time or we see their profile for the first time online, that's not what we want to see. What we want to see first and foremost is, do you look trustworthy? You know, in the real world, when we meet people at a networking event or, or somewhere like that, one of the things we do is we shake hands. And, there's, you know, the, the school of thought is that we shake hands as evidence that we are unarmed. We haven't got a, a concealed weapon. That may or may not be the case. But as human beings, when we meet other people, we need to know immediately whether or not we can trust them. We don't know whether our initial opinion is correct but we do need to form opinion of their trustworthiness. So on LinkedIn, you need to be really focused on, on making yourself look trustworthy, and your photo is one of the first things to do. Other mistakes people make on LinkedIn are they don't put their contact details on there. Yes, I get it that there are one or two spammers on LinkedIn, but it's nothing like the levels of spam that you get on, on email. So put your contact details on there. And also be brave enough to put your contact details in the summary section near the top because the contact details on LinkedIn are quite a long way down. Now, yes, you can move the, the sections around on LinkedIn, but make sure pe people can, can contact you. Great advice. Yeah, so it's, it's really simple advice. Mm. But now I'm going to tell people a thing now which, which really does make a difference to your LinkedIn profile. First of all, you need to get a clean sheet of paper and you need to write down about 10 to 15 keywords that sum up you and your expertise. I don't mean put things like great service because nobody types the word great service into the LinkedIn search box. You want to write down a list of keywords that if people typed those words into the search box on LinkedIn, we would hope that you come up high in the results. So, list of keywords. And a keyword could actually also be a really short phrase, you know, two or, th or three words. Then what you'll need to do is you need to put those keywords in order of importance. So, the single most important keywords are at the top of the list, okay? Um, these are your most important ones. So, list of keywords put them in order of importance, then take the top five keywords that you've got on the list and you need to carry these words in your heart. You need to pin them on your wall. Uh, you need to have them with you wherever you go. These now are what you're about. And put those top five keywords into every single section of your LinkedIn profile. Literally every single one of them. Even the uh, URL that you have 
you need to take a couple of keywords and and edit the the LinkedIn URL that that is unique to you and put your keywords in there. So if you were a uh, financial planner, just for sake of argument, you might edit your URL to say John Smith Financial Planner. In other words, getting keywords in, into your URL. In fact, I've even taken my name out of my LinkedIn URL and I've just changed it to social media speaker because I know that event planners, conference organizers go to LinkedIn and they type in social media expert or social media speaker. And just by doing that simple thing and having social media speaker in pretty well every single one of my LinkedIn sections dramatically increases the likelihood of me appearing high up in LinkedIn in search results. Now, you could just cut and, cut and paste your top five keywords, but it's better that you um, write them into some beautifully flowing prose as well. Just do that one thing will make a massive difference to your visibility on, on LinkedIn. Excellent. Now, that's, that's some tremendous advice there. I think uh, that keywords is really, really important. Now, there was also a member... You're showing us that you can have a business page on there, and also you can you can put that you do several jobs, can't you? Currently, one mistake I tried to make before your course was um, just trying to summarise everything in a paragraph. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a really good point. Underneath your name uh, on LinkedIn and right next to your photo, there are uh, there's a thing that says current, and there's a thing that says previous. And what most people assume the word current means is your current employer or your current job role uh, or your current work, when in actual fact it can mean current anything at all. So obviously you're going to put the name of your business in there, um, but maybe you're doing some seminars uh, around Southern California or around the north of Scotland or wherever you happen to be based. Maybe you're doing some seminars and you can actually create seminars as another current activity and you leave it open even better if seminars if they're seminars on marketing or seminars on um, how to be a better gardener or whatever it is if those are part of your keywords get them into the current session so current isn't just where you currently work it's current anything you are doing right now. And the same goes for previous. Maybe uh, most people assume that previous is your previous job, your previous employer. Uh, but maybe you did your seminars last year. So you can put the, the seminars into the previous section as well. Again, particularly if you have keywords. Great, great tip. A great tip. Well, we've got to go to commercial break again now. Okay. Uh, but after the break, um, let's have a chat about how you use it for finding new customers. I think that would be okay. really useful to people. So we'll be back again with you in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. What if every day was a good day for business? 
because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Phil Calvert. Um, we're talking about how to win new customers with LinkedIn and social media. And, and, and Phil, um, what um, the, in, within LinkedIn, I know there's some secret tools and things in there that people don't necessarily <laughs> understand or even knew, knew existed. Um, do you want to share what some of those? You know, what are the top ones that we really should know about? That's really interesting. I mean, LinkedIn's amazing. It's, uh, at the end of the day, it's a piece of software. And unless you know the software inside out, back to front, it will never really uh, work for you as well as it could do. Uh, it is actually less about the tools and more about how actually you you using LinkedIn and how you engage with people. Like a simple thing. Um the, the, people are amazed at how this one works when you start doing it. You know, when, when people look at your profile on LinkedIn, if you've got the free version, you can see the last five people who looked at your profile. If you've got any of the premium versions of LinkedIn, you can see the last uh, 90 days worth of people who looked at your profile. For me, it's worth paying for LinkedIn just to be able to see who's looked at your profile. But here's the thing. If people look at your profile, they've done it on purpose. People never look at your profile by accident. They've always done it deliberately for a number of different reasons. But here's the thing. When someone looks at your profile, one of the most important things to do is to say thank you. Something I read a figure that something like 98% of people on LinkedIn never bother to say thank you to people for looking at your profile. Now, when you do it, you don't go into sales mode. You just say, thanks for looking at my profile today. I hope something caught your eye. Or is there somebody in my network that I can connect you to? In other words, give, 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 try and help them out. I've had people tell me that the very first time they said thank you to someone for looking at their profile, they ended up writing some substantial pieces of business. Uh, but lots of people say to me, well, isn't, isn't social media about all about shortcuts and it's all about technology? And I kind of maintain that social media has nothing to do with technology at all. It's all to do with people. And social media facilitates interaction between human beings. So when you start doing real human things that you do in the real world, like saying please and thank you and using people's names, then magic things start to happen. So one of the things you could do is, is 
when someone looks at your profile is to have a quick look at their profile, obviously, and look for things that you've got in common with them. So you could actually, maybe they're interested in yoga or maybe they like red wine, walking holidays. Mention this in your thank you. And human beings are naturally drawn to other people who are like them, who have things in common. Now, there is a tool on LinkedIn that a lot of a lot of people know is there, but they don't know how to use it. And that's in the additional info section further down your profile. There's a bit where you can put your interests, your personal interests. So maybe you like walking and maybe you collect stamps or something like that. You put that in there, but you don't write a rambling sentence. You don't put, I've always loved walking holidays uh, where we uh, like to look for uh, historical sites of interest. You don't do that. What you do do is you put walking, comma, history, comma, Spain, comma, uh, the Lake District, comma, wherever it is that you like to walk. Now, when you put a comma after each word, it makes the word clickable. Uh, Now, when you then click on, choose any of the words that you've put on. So, for example, I was looking for um, a conference organizer. And as we've already said, I do kickboxing. So I click on the word kickboxing. LinkedIn shows me everybody else on LinkedIn who's got kickboxing on their uh, profile. Um, I can then use the filters in the advanced things down the side. And I filter uh, it by, so I put um, London and I put financial services. So it refilters the the results and it shows me everybody in London who's in financial services who's got kickboxing on their profile. I can then pick and choose people and I've got something in common with them. So if I want to speak at the sales conference of an insurance company or a bank, I've got a whole bunch of people there where I've got something in common. And really what I'm trying to do is just start a dialogue. It's extremely unlikely that I will find somebody in financial services in London who does kickboxing who is in a position to book me to speak but they are in a position to have a coffee with me and they are in a position to introduce me to someone that's how this stuff works on LinkedIn finding new customers it is quite rare to find somebody on a first degree connection in other words somebody you're connected with really the power of LinkedIn is to have conversations with people who are in a position to introduce you to a second degree connection who you can then have a chat with so Put your interests, put a comma after each interest, and then experiment by clicking on each of those words, and you'll be amazed at what you can find. Another thing, um, we've got company pages, and uh, a lot of people got a company page on LinkedIn, but there's another tool that LinkedIn offers that (laughs) most people don't use, and they've no idea it even exists, and it's called a showcase page. So, for example, Microsoft has a, a company page where it talks about Microsoft stuff, But Microsoft has also got a showcase page where it just talks about its office products. So a car manufacturer might have a company page where it talks about its brand and all the good stuff that it's doing, but it could have a showcase page for each and every one of its models. And everybody can have up to seven showcase pages. So this is a, this really does significantly develop the corporate functionality that you can have on LinkedIn. Yes, have your company page, but also have showcase pages which simply focus on one particular product or service that you offer. And then treat your showcase pages as part of your proposition. Tell people about your showcase pages. Put content on your showcase pages that isn't on your website. Put a link to your showcase page on your website. In other words, 
Start taking LinkedIn seriously. Treat it as an asset of your business, not just as some social networking tool that some dude told you that you should be working with. I'll give you one more tip on LinkedIn, which is is really powerful, particularly for smaller business owners. If somebody is looking for sake of argument, uh, a presentation skills expert, if you type into the search box presentation skills expert and you filter it by location, you'll come up with a whole bunch of presentation skills experts. And then you choose to look at a particular profile. But down the right-hand side of the profile, you will see it says uh, something like uh, people also viewed. And there's a list of other people. And guess who those other people are? They are other presentation skills experts. In other words, they are the competitors of the person you're actually looking at. Now, so basically what you're doing, someone uh, finds you in the search box, maybe you've got your keyword strategy correct, they find you in the LinkedIn search, they look at your profile, but down the right-hand side of your profile are your competitors. I don't think most people on LinkedIn want their competitors uh, staring (laughs) people in the face. So the good news is you can go into the settings and you can turn that functionality off. There's a setting there where it says show or hide people also viewed or uh, some, it's something like that. But basically, it's in the settings. Now, the LinkedIn uh, privacy settings and the settings, there's quite a lot going on in there. They are quite detailed. So you might have to dig around until you find it. But it's a really important one. You really don't want your competitors uh, being visible on your own profile. So go in there and switch it off. Excellent. So um, LinkedIn aside, uh, great tool, you know, really, you know, you, I'm really convinced with uh, what, what you've shared and what you've shared with me before about how important LinkedIn is. And I love that phrase that you sh- um, mentioned there about thinking of LinkedIn as an asset, yeah. uh, as an asset to your, your business and utilizing so. it that way. But what other social media tools should be, we be aware of right now? Because there are a lot out there, aren't there? Okay, good question. I think we should be aware of the tools that our customers use. Most people don't ask their customers what social networking tools. As part of the getting to know fact-finding process, when you meet a new customer, whether it's a big customer or whether it's a a small customer, one person that, that you're hoping will do business with you, Ask them, what, what what social networking tools are you on? Are you on Facebook? Are you on Twitter? I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn. So ask them. A lot of, a lot of businesses are using social networking tools in the hope that some potential prospects might actually see it by accident. A uh, really good place, ask your customers. And that really, really does help. And then say, well, it'd be great to connect with you. So do like a, a social media audit uh, from today, ask every new customer what tools you're using, but also go back to every customer you got and ask them. Do a social media audit. Okay, so a few tools that I'm using which I think are absolutely amazing. Number one, video email. Now, uh, video email, I think, has taken time to to really get off the mark, and the, and the tools that have been around have been just a bit clunky. But in recent times, um, I've discovered... A- a tool called BOMB, B-O-M-B, B-O-M-B. It is absolutely superb. It in- integrates with your system, be it Outlook or uh, Google Apps, Gmail, and you can compose an email the way that you would, and a little box pops up, and you can use uh, your or um, cam. Uh, in an ideal world, get the best possible webcam you can, uh, up to full uh, 1080. Uh, use one of those and try and get a good microphone if you can. 
I tell you, the first time you start using video email, the, you'll, be, you'll get people start saying things to you, my goodness me, uh, you've really cut through the noise of the email that I get. Because, Chris, if your email uh, inbox is anything like mine, it just, just keeps piling in there. But if somebody sends me a video in their email, I'm pretty well guaranteed to uh, to open it. And the great thing that BombBomb Bomb do is they give you all kinds of tips about how to use it. It is a really superb tool. I've got a link. I'm going to give you a link in just a minute to this and something else uh, where people can go and check it out. So really, really good one. Bomb uh, bomb for email. Now, another tool that I've been using uh, to create content, and I think one thing is universally agreed on on social media, is if we are using it to sell or to market or as part of our proposition, as I explained earlier, we need great content. And in an ideal world, we need to be creating that content ourselves. But we all know that in the real world, creating content, writing blogs, is extremely hard work. It can be incredibly tedious. Uh, it can be time-consuming doing your research. But I have found a tool that just cuts out the time, makes it really easy to create content, and also uh, positions you as an expert and drives traffic to your website. It's called PASSL, P-A-S-S-L-E. And the way it works is that you find some content out on the internet which is relevant to you and to your target market. You uh, highlight some of the text uh, in the in the article or blog that you found, and you press a little pestle button, and it opens up, if you like, a blog page. And then what you do is you add as much or as little uh, comment of your own. In other words, your own expert comment. In other words, you're adding your thoughts, your opinion, your expertise to something that's already been written. You then press a button, and it fires this off. Uh, out into the internet, and you can share this this post that you've created to all the social networking platforms. Now, I've been using this for about a month now, and I've been absolutely blown away by the traffic that it's driven to my website. And also, uh, I have finally, finally been able to find a way to write regular content, find other content, and then comment on it in maybe just one sentence or several paragraphs, it's entirely up to you. Now, uh, you can find Passel out there on the web, but I can get listeners to uh, your show today a free trial of this so they can see just how good it is. Um, if they go to um, gettalk.at forward slash B-E-S, that's gettalk, G-E-T-T-A-L-K dot at forward slash BES. You can find some information about it there uh, and I can make sure that you get a trial uh, about it. Excellent. Sounds uh, sounds a, a couple of brilliant tools to check out there. In, in fact, just just to, just to wind that up, at that link I've just given you, you'll also find some information about BombBomb as well. Um, if they want information just about PASL that I've just described, they, I've got another link, at slash PASL, P-A-S-S-E. Get talk dot at slash passel excellent and and, and is, is any other links that we should look at to uh, to find out about uh, the world of phil calvert or philip? Uh, well it's obviously my website thank you very much it's uh, philipcalvert.com that's p-h-i-l-i-p-c-a-l-v-e-r-t.com um, and i'm also on on twitter as well at philip calvert excellent and uh, and 
Philip, would you um, have a, a final message that you'd like to leave people with today? I, I think it's a really important thing. First of all, get some strategy. That's just mm-hmm. so, so important. Stop this approach of using social media randomly because somebody told you you ought to be giving that a go and you ought to be giving that a go. Really think hard about where where's your business come from, where did it start, where is it now, and where do I want it to be in a couple of years? And then put your social media plans together in line with that strategy. And finally, just remember this all-important concept that people buy people. Use people's names in your social media activity. Say please and thank you. Just doing that simple thing will make an immediate difference. And if you are a brand, if you're listening to this and you're part of a big organization, I strongly urge people to get as many people in your organization using social media at a personal level. And I get that that means a lot of uh, training and it means a lot of trust because because too many organizations, they think, yeah, I know we ought to be using social media, but we want people to buy into our brand, its values, what it stands for, and its history. When in actual fact, on social media, what works is when your people start using it. That's the key. Wonderful. I'm going to have to leave it there. It's been wonderful talking to you today and you know, lots and lots of gems. Every time I speak to you, I pick up something new. So I recommend to people to go and um, check out those links. I'd also like to say on next week's show, we have Lottie Hearn, who's going to talk to me uh, about how to, and us, about how to be really confident on camera because today you know, we have great videos on our phones. We can utilize that for uh, both personal and business uh, kind of uh, benefit. And it's really important, though, to understand um, the needs of your audience when you're doing that so you can really talk to them with confidence, credibility, and charisma. That's what she's going to talk about. Once again, a huge thank you to Philip Calvert, and I wish you well in everything you do over the next week. Thank you. We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.